right. All right. So tonight, um, like I said, we will be going over um, the common, most common dreams that people have. So I'm going to start with prayer and kind of get into um, the Bible study tonight. So, Father, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for this teaching. We thank you, Father, that you are continuing to give us revelation and insight concerning dreams and visions, Father, and the interpretation of those things. We thank you, Father, that, Father, as I minister, Father, let me minister by the Spirit, Father, for your glory, for your praise, Father, and that people, Father, will actually get something, Father, out of this teaching, Father, that they may be able, Father, to interpret, Father, the dreams in which and the visions that you are given unto your children father hallelujah whether it's at night father or whether lord god that their eyes are wide open father hallelujah so we thank you right now for what you are doing father in jesus name we pray amen 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 so um kind of like i was telling you guys the two weeks ago about going through these um these common dreams. We'll go back actually and do the um, housekeeping things before we go into this, so we will not kind of kind of fall, you know, sh- stray from you know left or right as far as and try to keep the same focus that we had the last time. So going back to that, um, as far as common dreams. Now let me say this first: we will not like I say, go through all of these in its entirety because it's way too many. There's a lot of stuff. Um, now, towards, like, the last class that we will have, the last two classes, I'll be giving you guys some resources or some books and stuff that you can reference from and read yourself in order for, you know, to get you up to speed with dreams and visions and interpretations that go more in-depth than what I was able to go into. But for um, this series is for me really to um, activate what's already in you, to point you in the right direction, and so that you you would at least be in the right ballpark when it comes to interpreting your dreams. Okay, so going back to the housekeeping things and the teaching layout of how this will be for tonight, I want you all, you guys to remember, number one, remember that generational and sociological differences impact symbolism found in dreams. So depending on um, your genealogy, depending on your socioeconomical class or sociological differences that we have um, between people, that actually impacts your ability to interpret a dream. The second reminder is that races and ethnicities have their own cultural views about certain objects, whether it be dogs or houses or uh, palm trees or whatever. They have their own meaning of what those things mean. And and a lot of times we Americanize everything and we think that when we interpret something, it's supposed to be Americanized when we interpret things. And that's farthest from the truth. So we want to make sure that we are being considerate of other people's cultures as whether when, when we break down dreams. And the third thing is that the general meaning for correct interpretation needs to first be, like I said before, in the right neighborhood. Because the last thing we want to do is interpret a dream and it's in error because we started off wrong. So we want to start off right so we can end right. Amen. So the teaching layout is, of course, I will be giving you the topic. I'll be giving you the meaning 
um, the natural interpretation, the spiritual interpretation, the context of the dream, which always includes questions so that you can actually get like to the meat of the situation in the dream or the vision and um, the action plan, what you actually need to do in concerns with um, when you had the dream or the vision, how you need to pray or what you need to pray about or what things are um, more, the most important thing you need to do after you've had that dream and you've interpreted, okay? All right, are we ready? All right, here we go. Here we go, here we go. So I'm only doing five tonight, and it was hard really to choose these five because there were so, so many. So I chose these because I think these probably are the ones that I probably get questions about the most, and so that's why I chose these. Okay, so number one, we have falling. Do we have that? I had it, um, sex. You didn't start it at the beginning, did you? Yeah, you got to go down. Um, it should say the one that's correct, this one right here, it should say dreams and visions 103, most common dreams. Yes. Yep. All right. Give me the, there it is right there falling. Okay. So if you have had a dream and you're falling in a dream now falling now, some parts of this, what it means when you're falling in the dream, it means that some part of your life is out of control. Okay. Some part of your life is out of control and the lack of control is causing you anxiousness. The fact that you can, you can't do, you can't control the situation. You don't know what to do in regards to the situation. Um, you're entering to, um, something brand new. You don't know what it's going to look like. And, you know, you can't put your hands on it. You don't know what the father is doing. And usually when you're having a fall, fallen dream, that's what it's coming from. Now, let's look at the natural interpretation. The natural interpretation. So, in real life, falling is consistent, is really a consistent experience between people when we think about the law of gravity, right? Because we're thinking about natural first. We're thinking about the law of gravity. So, when it comes to having an experience um, about falling, it's consistent across the board. When people usually have this type um, of dream, you know, usually there's 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 some kind of fear that comes with it when they have it, when they're talking about it. Like, I was falling, and I didn't know why I was falling, and I was falling from this long building, or um, when I woke up, I was just falling. I didn't know why. So usually it's consistent across the board with the feeling implication. Um, falling in the dream can also be unique to the one who is actually having the dream. It could be um, terrifying as we find ourselves falling from a, a great height of something, or it can be much less fearful, such as um, you're in a dream and you're slowly falling to the point where you're able to look around your surrounding things and catch glimpses of stuff as you're falling. That's like two different things. Now, when we talk about the spiritual interpretation, we went from natural, now going to spiritual in, in terms of falling. Dreams of falling can indicate the presence, like I told you before, of fear, 
and anxiety stemming from an inability to control the outcome of a current or future event. Things that you might have been praying on for a long period of time, um, people that you might have been praying for for a long period of time. They might be in the hospital. They might be sick. And so that might bring on a lot of anxiousness or worry or fear. So, um, and a lot of times with this also, um, with falling comes nightmares, the whole thing of nightmares. And a lot of times people say, I had a nightmare that I was falling. And they usually associate the word nightmare because how they felt when they were falling or how they felt while they were having a dream. And that's why a lot of times they call them nightmares as well. So we may not know what's actually going to happen and not knowing can also cause us to feel afraid and, and of course stressed out. But we have to remember that even in dreams in which we are falling, it doesn't necessarily mean that this thing is actually taking place and going to happen. Remember, the father is always trying to give us warnings concerning something that we need to fix, correct, what is to come and through the power of what our prayers, through the power of maybe fasting that you have to do, through the power of the instruction that he gives after the fact on what you need to do it is actually going to, to help that dream actually not come to pass. So remember, first, the father is always concerned with warning you first. Every time you have a dream like that, whether it be a nightmare or falling, it does not necessarily mean that it will happen. He's sending out a warning to let you know that this could possibly take place if you don't take care of it. Or it comes from a part of your soul that fears that feels fearful and feels anxious because of what's happening in your current situation, and then it makes you have the dream. All right, so... Let's look at the context, which is probably very, 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 very important if you're going to interpretate anything. You have to look at the context of the dream. And there's a lot of questions that um, you need to ask when it comes to the context. Let me get the context real quick, A.D. So they know what questions. So in the context of a fallen dream, what is important? Where were you when you were falling? That's important. What were you doing right before you fell? Were you arguing with somebody? Did you steal something? That's important because it can actually tell you why you were falling. Did you jump or were you pushed off the building? That's important. So by answering these questions, it may point you, number one, in the right direction as to what areas of your life you actually feel like are out of control when you answer these questions. Okay, now let's go to the action. So now this is the action. Now remember what I said, the action part is the part that you do. Once you've had the dream, once you know the context of the dream, the natural implication, the spiritual implication, and now it's like, okay, what do I do? So the father gives dreams like this to help you realize that some of the areas in your life that is producing fear and anxiety are the areas you may be trying to run from or protect on your own without trusting the father. So basically, you're trying to do something in your own strength. 
So in this case, you would need to get before the father and begin to surrender all the areas of your life that you feel are out of control. So that is what you need to do. If you're having a dream that you're falling, that you need to go before the father in the secret place and begin to surrender the areas of your life that you feel are out of control. You're going to ask him to show you the root cause of the fear and the anxiety and why it is so difficult for you to surrender in that area. Amen. Amen. All right. Moving along. Now, the next one is naked in public. Naked in public. This is never a good dream. Nakedness is never a good dream, ever. Now, it can be a very eye-opening dream, very eye-opening. Nakedness in public is a very eye-opening dream for the person. But it's, it's never, I've never encountered um, a personal dream um, that I had about naked in public or other people saying that they were naked in public. It never leads to anything good. But what it does do is shines light on something that you need to be working on. So I guess you can't say that it brings something good to you. So if you're naked in public, it usually indicates issues of openness and transparency in the dreamer's life. Openness and transparency in the dreamer's life. And I'm going to break that down a little further. Now, do I have the uh, natural... Natural implication. Now, natural interpretation of this, when you think about being naked in public, the first thing you think about is being exposed. Something being exposed. The other thing is that um, maybe the need for change. When you think about nakedness, the need to be covered. Or showing parts um, of yourself that don't doesn't need to be shown. So that's the natural interpretation. Now, when we... Translate it over to spiritual interpretation. How that translates over is, is that usually when you're naked in public is, is being completely or partially naked in the dream can represent an ability or trait the father wants to encourage within you, or it can represent an area in your life the father wants you to work on. It can be either or. Now, how do you know if it's a good thing or a bad thing? It's based upon the context of the dream. What was actually going on in the dream? Now, is, yeah, that next, the context. There it is. Now, this is the context. And like Ron said, this is probably the most important part of how to actually break this down. When you were naked in the dream, where were you? The location usually determines the areas of your life the father is addressing. Were you at work? Were you at school? Or were you at home? That's important. Because it'll give you a direction on the fact the openness and the nakedness and the transparency of the actual area. Because if it's at home, it has to deal with you and your household. (laughs) If it's at school, it has to deal with you being what? In the church. And if it's at work, it has to do with your kingdom assignment. 
Now, the other questions is, were you naked in front of a specific person or a group of people? That's important. So the setting of the dream often indicates who. Was it an individual or was it a person? If it was an individual, it could be that you're not being transparent with the person. You're showing a person one side of you and they're not seeing another. The lack of your transparency regarding a person. Were you in front of, a, of strangers or were you in front of people that you know? Were you up on the stage in front of an audience? This could be a dream that prophetically speaks about your future and the candor it takes to make you a successful public speaker. And a lot of times if you have a dream and you're naked and you're on a stage in, in front of people, um, it could mean either the lack of um, transparency towards, you know, the people as they're actually like receiving the word and receiving you, or it could mean that um, that pretty much the the platform in which you're standing on is one of those things that you're not spiritually ready for because you don't have any clothes on. So that's why I say we have to look at the whole context of the dream. Now, the call to action. What do you do when you have a dream like this? The first thing you need to do is pray and ask the Father to show you how this dream can be practically applied in your life because it can mean that you need to be more transparent with others or it may be an exposure in an area that you need to work on. So you need to go um, in a secret place. You need to ask the Father, okay, what specifically are am I um, doing in my life that I'm actually not being practical and applying it and being transparent with people. What part of my life do I need to um, actually fix before the platform is given to me? Cause he's always talking. He's always talking. He always trying to get you to a specific place, a specific place in your character, a specific place in your spiritual walk, a specific place in your assignment, a specific place as far as your destiny is concerned. There's a lot of things that um, we do on an individual level, just as children of God, as ambassadors, you know, as priests, as um, being the body of Christ. And don't add on to that if you're part of the fivefold ministry. I mean, it, it could be endless stuff <laughs> that he called you to do. That's why I say it's dreams and visions are, are very, very, very important. It could be the difference between, you know, you getting a contract that will propel you from the rest of your life as far as wealth is concerned to you pretty much missing out on on something that you were supposed to do in a specific season of your life to to prepare you for the next season okay all right so moving on this one is probably I probably get this one the most. If it's not bathroom, it's, it's about cars. <laughs> but I'll talk about bathrooms. Bathrooms. All right. So if your dream is the setting place of a bathroom, um, usually it indicates God is cleansing an area of your life by removing the things that are negatively affecting the dreamer or the person in the dream. Is it will always deal with an issue. Either you have, or if you're dreaming and you're looking from the outside in, looking at another person, it's an issue that they have. 
Now, this is kind of crazy. I remember um, working as a, a clinical documentation specialist at a um, a place um, where I, pretty much it was a place of rest for me that I, I stopped working for the state and I just needed to do something different because I had I had got pretty much burnt out from um, counseling people for years, you know, all kind of people, veterans, you know, um, addicts, people with mental health disorders and stuff like that. I had got burnt out from that. So I wanted to do something different and just move myself all together. So um, I started to do in clinical um, documentation I became a clinical documentation specialist. Pretty much what I did was like look over charts and make sure that before like people came in to audit them that they had everything that they need in the charts and it was organized and in line and stuff like that. So we wouldn't have to pay, um, you know, whether it be Medicare, Peach State or whatever back the money. So in doing that, I remember, um, having a supervisor. <laughs> my God. And my, the supervisor, she was, I mean, talking about bright. She was super smart. She actually, um, came from Florida. She had moved from Florida and she was a lawyer and, um, she, she had lots of credentials, probably about as much as mine to, as far as alphabets are concerned, but she was not only, and that was rare what she was. She was a lawyer and she also was a, a clinical social worker. Right. So that's rare. She had license for both. And so, but at the same times, like she would do some of the strangest stuff <laughs> that like a normal person in that type of profession would not do. Um, and, and being a, you know, a behavioral health, you know, therapist myself, you know, while I look at, you know, behaviors of people and stuff and I study behaviors of people and how to make that better. Um, I kind of, and then, you know, with that, the prophetic kicked on and all that other stuff. And I mean, she would like, for instance, will come in and, you know, she'll put order through the day or whatever, what we need to do. And like, just, probably about 12 o'clock that day, like she just, she was just somebody else. It's like she kind of went into like a, a bipolar thing and she was just somebody totally different. But the crazy part about it, the person that she became, tw you know, towards the half of the day was the person I, I'm thinking of myself, somebody must have hurt her like really bad. Like she would become like very like angry and she would be like spewing like hate and curse words. And it was just, it was bizarre. The, 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 it was so crazy that a lot of the other clinical specialists began pulling back from her. Like what's going on with you in the morning? You okay. And then by the time it's 12 o'clock, you not like people started leaving and turning in their resignation, but um, I stayed because I'm like, I'm not moving until, you know, the father tell me to move. So, and at the same time, I knew what was going on with her. Not to details, but as far as spiritually, I'm like, knew something was off, spiritually. But I'm telling you that to tell you that I had a dream. That's why I say, don't count people out. Even when they're behaving, their behavior is, is unbecoming. Because you don't know where people are in their life. And so she began to vex me so bad, though, 
that um, I began to to pray for her. It, it was just that bad because we were losing good people, good, sound, clinical people we were losing. And I'm like, gosh, you know, I just, you know, got good with this person. And I just, you know, built a team and I just lost my whole team. And I was just getting frustrated. And I had a dream. The father showed me. And it was so crazy. I was in the bathroom with her. And it had two other people that I did not recognize in the dream. But in the bathroom, it was like one of those like um, old school bathrooms like you see in like um, Cooley High or something like that where like the um, showers are like kind of it's like an open space for you to change and stuff like that. It's like a like an open floor kind of bathroom plan. And I remember there was two people in the bathroom. They were like on their knees and they were like scrubbing the walls of the um, bathroom. But the crazy part about the walls was that the walls were multicolored. And I'm like, the walls are multicolored. This, the, the tiles of the wall were multicolored that they were scrubbing. And she was in the dream and she was kind of instructing the two of them to, you know, keep cleaning. She was like, keep cleaning those walls, keep cleaning them, keep cleaning them. And when I looked over, I seen two women on the floor also, and they had keys in their hand. And I went over to them. I said, do you know which key unlocks this bathroom? And they were like, oh, yeah, it was like, this is simple. And I'm thinking to myself in the dream, like, this can't be simple because all of them just had like a thousand keys. on there. they talking about this is simple. They about to pull out a key. I'm like, OK, you really must know these keys. But they pulled out two um, silver keys, and they say, these open the bathroom, and I woke up. And I was like, okay. Now, I knew this was about this woman <laughs> because I had been praying about the situation for the father to show me what is really going on with her so that I can pray more effectively for her. Because I don't want to be praying about something, and that's not the issue. I need to know exactly what the issue is so I can be praying about the exact issue, the root. And so when he gave me the interpretation, you, everybody, I'm telling you, I probably cried for three days. I cried. I literally cried because it was it was one of those dreams like um, Peter had when he went up on a housetop to pray. And he said, don't call nothing unclean. It was one of those kind of dreams. And it, basically what he told me was that the behavior that you're seeing, he told me literally this actually he gave me the interpretation right when I woke up in an audio voice he said the behavior that she is experiencing is actually a transition from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light she and he said that this is actually and at the time I didn't know what that stage was now that I do know it was the nephew stage but I didn't know that but I knew that he was telling me that she was just, he was basically telling me that she's a baby where she is right now. And the women cleaning the multicolored walls, he was saying that, but once she gets, once she, you know, um, I'm cleaning her up, he was telling me. I'm cleaning her up. And once, you know, I actually finish the cleaning process, the actual multicolored is that you'll actually begin to see the wisdom and the gifts that I place within her because she, she has many gifts. And to be honest with you, she really did have many gifts. Cause like I told you, she was very talented, 
you know, you can, I mean, that's why they hired her. I mean, she knew her stuff. She knew the law. She, she, she knew clinical stuff. She knew social work stuff. And like I say, it's just a rarity to have those two licenses together, that a person would have those two licenses together in the first place. But he was telling me, look, don't think about her that way. He literally told me, that's your sister. Don't think about her that way. That's your sister. I'm cleaning her up. I'm doing something in her so that, you know, my glory can shine forth. And he was letting me know that you're the one actually who has the keys. <laughs> you you have the keys to unlock um, what's actually inside of her. And it was just so crazy because I actually began to minister to her after he showed that to me. And I'm, when I tell you, and it's hard, it's like, how do you minister to your supervisor? It's like, um, I got something to tell you. <laughs> I got something to tell you. I don't know how to say it, but it was so crazy because she just cried. She just cried. And that's when she just started to reveal to me everything that happened to her when she was a child and somebody inappropriately touched her. And, you know, sometimes, you know, the different things that happened throughout um, helping other people because we were doing that too. We were helping. It was actually a counseling practice. I was just doing more of the paperwork, clinical stuff because I had got burnt out from the other. But we actually was helping people, and she was putting out a lot of fires and and going. Also, she was doing a lot of assessments, going to people's homes and seeing people's family that you know children were taken from defects. And what it was doing every single time she would do it, it was triggering things in her. Because it was, it was stuff, it was issues that she never actually processed. So every time she would do that, she'd come back to the office and she would just let people have it. And we was like, what is going on? But that was her issue. And that's the reason why. But I wanted to give you that example just to show you that um, how sometimes, and, and so, oh, let me go back. The reason why I just cried and cried and cried and cried is because of what he told me after that. So he told me, Basically, not only was she my sister, he said that I was going to help her, but he said, so he said, I don't even want you to think about her or look at her in that type of way. He said, because you were once like this. And before you, you know, I gave, I got you. And so I just cried because <laughs> he was right. Because sometimes we forget. You know, we become saved for such a long period of time that we forget where he brought us from and how we act, what our behavior was like, you know, how we were cursing. And then we was back and forth in and out, you know, of two different lives before we actually settled in, in the father's house. So he was showing me that and I did. I just broke down and I cried because he was absolutely right because I forgot I was once that way. He said, so he, all he told me to do was to love her during that period of time, and that's what I did. I helped her out as much as I could when she needed help. When I seen her frustrated, I prayed for her, and I just loved her through, the, through that whole situation. So let's go through the natural interpretation of um, bathroom. So when we think about a bathroom, okay, um, we usually think about, um, there's a lot of things we think about. We think about the toilet, which generally means that there is something inside of you that needs to come out. And then we think about the shower or we think about a sink, which typically means there is something on you that needs to come off of you. Okay? Because remember, we can have things attached to us in the spirit. 
we can have things defile us where we're just out in the world. We're not mingling with the people who doing what they do, but it can defile us. So we have to watch for that as well. Have you ever, like, I think I've mentioned this before, like, for instance, like, you're going to the mall because you need some jeans or something. <laughs> and it's like, Lord, I really don't want to go to the mall because especially during the summertime, all this nakedness. <laughs> It's just, you can't even take your kids to the mall. It's just crazy nowadays. And you're just going for jeans. <laughs> you're just going for a shirt, a belt, or something like that. And you just got to go through all of that just to get what you need to get. And, and it's just, and you end up coming home and you like, you just, you just feel, you don't feel right. <laughs> you just don't feel like you feel like you need to pray or you need to speak in tongues. You need to feel like you need to do something fast or whatever. But, the basic feeling that you're having is basically, you know, what happens to you when you're in the midst of that stuff. And it feels like it's just on you. and You need to just cleanse yourself um, from a spiritual standpoint. But spiritually speaking, as far as interpretation, the toilet is where we dispose of waste and allow the father to flush it away forever. So in a dream, this metaphorically represents disposing of emotional waste that can hinder our spiritual walk. So if you are in the bathroom, you're using the bathroom, it means that you need to dispose of some emotional waste that is hindering your spiritual walk. Now, if it's a shower or a sink that you're cleaning yourself from, um, it basically um, symbolizes removing spiritual toxins and emotional dirt that we've accumulated through the day. So let's look at the context. Now, why a shower and not a sink? These are some things that we want to ask. Why a shower and not a sink? So based on the dream's context, a shower could indicate a more what? Thorough cleansing. You think about it naturally, then spiritually. Showers are more thorough cleansing versus cleaning up from a sink. So a sink could mean that the Father is washing, for instance, our hands of something, removing our involvement or our responsibility concerning something. It also could mean, um, that I'm thinking about it now, the new beginnings of something. Now, these are some of the questions. Why do some bathroom uh, dreams, why they take place in public? So sometimes you might be using a bathroom in a public place instead of using a bathroom at home. That's important. This usually means that others will observe our healing and our cleansing. They'll actually see a difference if we're using it in a public place. They'll actually see the difference in you once the, once the cleansing and the process of cleansing begin to take place in your life. The second question is, where was the bathroom? Was it at work? Was it at home? The bathroom's location could be a clue to which area of our lives the father is cleaning up. And it's kind of crazy. I had actually a bathroom dream about this church when it first um, opened, when it first opened up. And it was so crazy. <laughs> this was a, a bizarre dream, but it, it was kind of crazy. In the dream, We had just started the church. We were, we were doing worship, but something was wrong because it's like when we were worshiping, we, we couldn't get past 
the it was like there was a ceiling on our worship and we couldn't get past the ceiling on our worship and we were like stuck in the place and we couldn't get higher and so I began to pray in the actual dream during the service to ask the father to show me what's actually wrong um, with the atmosphere of the service and so it was kind of crazy in in the dream he opened my eyes and when he opened my eyes I saw um demonic shadows and I saw skeletons in this church shadows and skeletons and I'm like okay this is this is this is weird and then he showed me there was like this huge giant um, probably from here all the way up to the, um, almost up to the ceiling, probably about up to that projector right there. There was this huge giant though also in service and actually was fighting these, these shadows and these skeletons in the church. And so all of this was pretty much affecting our ability to worship and kind of break through through the ceiling. And so in that, when he was showing me the vision, I asked him, I said, well, what can we do to actually break through through the ceiling? And it was kind of crazy. And so he said, he told me to stand on the shoulders of the giant, right? He gave me a sword and I began to, to fight from the, 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 at the top of the shoulders of the giant I was standing on and I was fighting with a sword. I was fighting these shadows and these skeletons, but I only can fight so much because I only had so much strength and I began to get tired. I'm like, no, we need more help than this. And so one of the members, I forgot which member it was, but it was a member of the church said, I know what to do. And kind of everybody kind of turned around. It was like, okay, what? But the member ran out the door and we were like, okay, where did they go? They say they knew what to do. In comes Apostle Hardy and Pastor Otha in the dream. They went, got Otha and they went, got Apostle Hardy. And the first place that they went to was the bathroom. Both of them went in together um, to fix the issue. And I'm sitting there thinking like, how in the world will that fix this? How is the bathroom going to fix this situation? Now I'm thinking about this naturally in the dream. And so Pastor Otha um, Apostle says to Pastor Otha, basically, this is what I've been doing in order to unclog, um, um, to unclog the drain. And so Pastor Otha was like, okay, I think you missed this part right here. And so he showed them somewhere he went, because I was kind of observing them. He, he stepped back, kind of looked at the pipes and stuff like that. He showed them something that he needed to do. And then he turned the water on and the water just began to flow. Um, and it just wasn't stopped up anymore. And so from that, like the shadows and the skeletons, they disappeared when they did that, that work in that bathroom. So it, that's why I say it was one of those things. It's, it's kind of crazy because during that period of time is when, um, I think we, we had visit Lionheart, um, a couple of times, a lot of people from Lionheart was visiting here and it was literally during that time, like our prayers just, it's like we literally kind of bust through the ceilings is because it's like, it's almost like we needed like a breakthrough. We needed a breakthrough through the atmosphere. Um, and it's like the father was given the two of them spiritual insight on what to do in order to, and to get that. And, uh, so that was that. 
So the call to action. So how do we dispose of emotional waste? Okay, the call to action is always what do we allow the Father to do for us? Uh, how do we pray to the Father? How do we dispose of this emotional waste? Through prayer, it can be through forgiving others. It can be through holding ourselves accountable and sharing our shortcomings as well. And I think it was Chris um, who was in service um, that one time, because you also can feel people's um, emotions. Like he was in service one time, but he felt uh, within his own body um, just sick, like sick, like he was going to throw up because somebody had not forgive, forgave. We had did this benediction. Um, and, and he was feeling like some person, a person needed to forgive and they needed to like actually come up for seek forgiveness and do all this other stuff. And they didn't when, when we call people forward for prayer and he began to get sick because of it, but his sickness, he was feeling actually was because the other person was not going to forgive. They decided not to do it. So that was kind of, that was kind of strange as well but i'm telling you we have really more gifts and activations than really what we think we have (laughs) and a lot of times we don't know it until the right situation or circumstances present itself and then it kicks on but even in that like i say we a lot of times we don't even know what's happening to us but he was able to feel that unforgiveness in his body and then it almost came up like a sickness so these are real tangible spiritual things now in the bathroom the two things that we also want to look up, look at is number one water because a lot of times water is associated with the bathroom dream it usually represents what the spirit water in the bathroom usually represents the spirit um and pretty much that's coming from john 7 and 38 now, water is an important symbol in the bathroom um, because because of that, it, it symbolizes the cleansing of what the Father is going to be doing. And like I said, it's, it's for us to ask ourselves these questions. Have spiritual toxins built up within me? That's a question that you need to be asking yourself when it comes to a bathroom dream. Have I let spiritual toxins build up within me? And what are spiritual toxins? Stuff like unforgiveness. Hate. All the things that are not not according to what the Father's character would have you to become. These are spiritual toxins. Just like stress affects us physically, it also affects us spiritually. Because if you're stressed out and he's trying to use you, you're not going to be sensitive to the spirit. The only thing you're sensitive to is that stress. <laughs> The other thing is, where, other question is, where in my life do I need the Father's cleansing and healing? Now he's showing you that there's, he, you washing your hands or something like that, or you washing the leg, or, um, you know, you washing the arm, a shoulder, you washing your face. Okay, what, what, how does that translate over, Father, to what I actually need to be doing as far as how you're going to cleanse me in a specific area? Is it my heart? Is it the issue that I just ran into? Is it my mother? Is it my father? Is it the fact that I, um, you know, just got into it with a coworker. You know, what is it that I actually need to release? 
All right. Are we at the last one? No, second to last. Now, taking the test. We are at taking a test. Got that? All right. So, if you are in a dream and you are taking a test, it usually indicates that the dreamer is being tested for the purpose of promotion. If the dream takes place like in a back-to-school setting, it could be that the dreamer is being taught something all over again. You need to be taught it all over again. Or, I'm going to add to this, that you need to come up spiritually in a place. Now, the natural interpretation. Now, when we think about tests, we don't think about anything good. (laughs) We hate tests. I know I hate tests. Tests in dreams usually fall in two categories. Tests that lead to promotion or old tests we need to take again. (laughs) Or tests we are about to take for the first time, okay? Is either leading you to promotion or is testing you in a new area or you're retesting again because you failed the test. So, in most dreams, this is usually done in what a school setting, which usually means that something important was not either learned earlier or you need to be taught it all over again. All right, so let's go to our spiritual interpretation. Our spiritual interpretation for taking the test, almost all back-to-school dreams indicate that you are being retrained in some area of your life. However, not all issues of retraining come with the test. Okay? Not all issues of retraining come with a test. So, let's break this down a little more. The context. Test come in all shapes and sizes, okay? So don't think about a test all the time as you being in a university setting. Remember that. Tests, they come in all shapes and sizes. And dreams, of course, are no different. So taking the test in a dream could mean finding yourself, for instance, on a game show or suddenly being thrown in a professional baseball game and you're the starting pitcher. That could be a test. What was the dream revealing about you? Were you prepared for the test? Did you feel like you were prepared for the test? Or did, was this like a pop-up test? That's important. Because that means that you're not going to see it coming. <laughs> There's a difference between a pop-up test and the test you prepared for. The other question is, did you ask for help? If you needed it when you were taking the test, or did you just try to do it in your own strength? Did you take the test with a good attitude? How was your attitude when you were taking the test? Were you going like, ah, a test, oh my God, I'm not prepared for this and this and that. Or were you praying like, you know what, God, help me to do this test. You know, I know that you're with me. Um, I know that I can do this. What was your attitude like when you were taking the test? Were you stressed out when you were taking the test or were you at peace? Like you knew, okay, it was a pop-up test, but you know what? 
I know the information. I'm trusting the Father to give me the answers even if I don't. Were you stressed out or were you at peace when you were taking the test? And some other questions are, was the test easy or was it challenging? Was this a one plus one kind of test? (laughs) Or was this more of a a chemistry kind of test (laughs) where you got to know formulas and and you're looking at it and it's looking at you. Was it an easy test or was it a challenging test? That'll also give you some implications of as far as how to interpret this dream. Now, what if you were back in school and couldn't find your locker or couldn't find your classroom? That's a test too. You can't find your locker. You can't find your classroom. This can mean that you need to take certain steps before the training actually begins. Because if you can't find your locker and if you can't find the classroom, it means that you need to do something before entering into the classroom. Or because locker always symbolizes heart because you put stuff in the locker and things are placed within your heart. You take things in and out of your, you know, you take things in and out your locker symbolizing the heart, which means that if you can't find your heart, I mean, your locker means there's a heart issue. Before you go to class, you need to deal something within your heart before you get retrained in something. Now, what is the call to action? Now, this part is um, kind of meeting. Usually my call to action is brief, but this part is meaty when it comes to the call of action as far as taking the test is concerned. Now, living a spiritual life is, is we got to keep this in mind, it's not about perfection, okay? It's not about perfection, it's about transformation. You're being transformed, okay? Living a spiritual life, I'll say it again, it's not about perfection, it's about transformation, So whether it's a promotion at work or spiritual promotion in the kingdom, the father always tests and trial trains our lives to prepare us for what is to come. So that's what you have to keep in mind when it comes to a test that he's always interested in training you and preparing you for what is to come. Okay. So if the father has given you this type of dream, this You know, this is an example of what you actually can be praying. You know, Father, prepare me in every way, number one, for this promotion. Show me anything within me that needs to change for me to be promoted to the next level. If the Father has given you a dream to encourage you that a promotion is near, you can pray, thank you, Father, for sending my efforts to transform myself more into your likeness. Help me to remain hungry, to remain humble and teachable during this season of my life. Because you know a lot of times when you get promoted, pride comes right behind it. So in situation where he shows you where promotion is near, that's when you need to pray for him to help you remain hungry, remain humble, remain teachable in that season. So you won't get off. Now, if the father has given you a dream that gives us direction and correction through dreams that remind us of the test in life that we could have handled better, 
because we're retaking the test. We failed it and we retaking it. Sometimes these tests can take the shape or meaning in the dream of life cycles that we need to break. So if we're retesting for something, that means this is a cycle, a life cycle. And it could also mean it's a generational curse. There's something that needs to be broken. Because you keep taking the same test over and over and over again and not passing it. Now, if it's a situation, um, if this is the situation, you know, you need to pray that you no longer um, want to be in this cycle, that you want to come out of this destructive cycle and these generational curses, um, and that you want to surrender your will um, to his will. And also you want to ask the Father to change your heart in the matter and give you the strength to overcome the areas of weakness that's within you. So that's why I say this one is a little bit more meatier than probably all of the rest. It comes with a lot more um, action that you need to do because, like I say, it's it's part of taking the test and getting to a, a certain place. Okay, last but definitely not least. I get a lot of dreams on um, a person dying in your dream or a person that has already been dead and they're in your dream. Now, death typically reveals that there's an issue in either an an error in your life, not like error, like you're erring, but error, like a season, an error, a particular error of life, a career or spiritual season is coming to an end. Something usually is coming to an end. It's either the season that you're in, the job that you're on, the career that you're in, an era of life that you're in is, is, is coming to an end. Now, natural interpretation. When we think about death, when we think about death, um, we, we think about something that is frightening. Um, but we should never rush to conclude that death in a dream literally represents literal death or physical death, okay? Death in a dream spiritually, the New Testament uses um, metamorphically to, um, to, to symbolize a change or the decision to change. Anytime that the New Testament actually used the word death, it really used it in the form of change. Okay, the dying person could also represent, number one, for example, the Apostle Paul frequently refers to what? Death of the self, death of the old man, or even death in our transgressions. So anytime the the word like death is used in the New Testament is referring to death to ourself, death to the old man, or death 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 to the sin or our transgressions okay but none of these instances actually talk about a physical death it's always a spiritual death okay so the context of the dream now the first order of business and when it comes to interpreting this type of dream is determine who the metaphorical death is about that's number one who is the death about okay Was this a dream about you or was it a dream about somebody else? Were you dying 
Were you actively taking part in the dream where it was literally about you or were you the observer looking at someone else dying or at someone else's funeral? That's because that makes a difference. So if the dream was about you and you are the center of the dream and the action surrounding the dream and when others participate with you in the dreams, it seems it affects them as well then that's something that you personally have to pray about when it comes to yourself, not the other person. So, for example, in the dream, you might be speaking at a deceased person's funeral or calling the person's parent after watching him or her die. In the dream, you're speaking at a deceased person's funeral or calling the person's parent's after watching him or her die. Now, that dream is twofold. Number one, it's about you because you personally are watching that person die. Why? Are you supposed to be having some type of effect on the person? Are you supposed to be speaking life into the person? Are you supposed to be ministering to the person because they're spiritually dead? The father is showing you this person is spiritually dead. Or is, is it a brother and sister in Christ? Is it time to tell them, oh, you know what? The father was showing me that, you know, you're spiritually drained, that you need to read the word more. You need to pray more. So what is he actually showing you about that person that's dying and the part that actually you play in that? Now, if you call in a person's parents, that means what? A phone in the dream means communication with the father. So you need to be praying to the father about that person. Another example would be if you're focused or participating, interpretation becomes more complex because now you need to uncover what the dying person symbolizes or means to you. So if it's a personal person that you know in this dream that has died, now it becomes more complex because now you have to, you personally have to know, number one, okay, was this a dying person that I know? Or was this a dying person that I don't know? And then how does that even relate to me? So it can become very complex. Another example of how this looks like, for instance, your golf instructor or music teacher dies in a dream. What could that potentially mean? Now think about what I just told you as far as what death could symbolize and mean. Remember, I told you death can mean the end of an era, the, the end of a season of a thing. So if your golf instructor or your music teacher dies in a dream, it could potentially mean your interest in those hobbies and those things are coming to an end. I had one person have um, a dream that the church they were going to, their pastor was in a casket and they were crying. But after interpretation what the father gave her, she was like, I know what that means now. It was time for me to move on from that ministry. That season for that ministry had ended.
Now, if the, now that's situations where the dream could be about you. Now, we'll talk about if the dream was about somebody else. Now, if the dream was about somebody else, you are the one, just remember, observing the action that's taking place. You are like, you know, what we consider like a fly on a wall, you know, a bystander, listening and watching the actions take place in the dream. Let me give you an example of this. You are watching from behind a row of trees as two people arrange the flowers at a friend's funeral. What could this potentially mean? You're watching from behind a row of trees as two people arrange the flowers at a friend's funeral. That could potentially mean that the thing about it is that, okay, you're sta- if you're standing behind a row of trees and you're kind of peering through the trees, we got to remember what trees mean, number one. That's why I say it can get kind of complex. Trees actually symbolize what? Christ. Trees symbolize Christ, and we'll get kind of more into that. But trees symbolize Christ, so they're seeing through the eyes of Christ. That's why they're behind the bush peering through the bushes, they're seeing through the eyes of Christ, pretty much seeing in the spirit their friends, spiritual, pretty much their their friends' spiritual climate uh, where they are spiritually. And so that's pretty much the Father allowing you to see in the spirit where another person is spiritually in their walk. So which means that it's another call for action for prayer. It's another call for action to call that person because, like I said, they may not even know. <laughs> Remember, you just saw this in the spirit. They don't even know that they're, they know that something's going wrong with them. They know that they, they've been having periods of depression. They know that they've been off. They haven't been able to concentrate, but they haven't been able to put their finger on spiritually what's going on with them. But it's manifesting themselves in, in different ways in which we call symptoms naturally but you don't want me getting into that (laughs) no 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 now if the person does not have a real meaning to you personally now this is kind of funny but it's kind of crazy too because it happens sometimes you can have people in your dream that you know personally and sometimes you can have people in your dreams that you don't know at all, but you knew that it was a, a female's face or a male's face. And then sometimes you'll have people in your dream that they, it's like they had no face at all. Now, if, if they have, I'll start with no face at all. If they have no face at all, majority of the time, I want to say 99.9% of the time is demonic. If, if you cannot remember the face, it's like they didn't have any face, it, but you knew it was a person or a being or a thing. It was demonic. Okay? If you knew the person, it can get complicated. Either the father is is showing you um, how um, he's kind of translating that person in that dream as it relates to um, that relationship you had with that person. Or the character that that, that that person displayed when you knew that person. Or what their name represents. So that's why I say this can get very complex. But when you break down um, a dream, usually you know what direction to go once you get the whole context of it. 
that's what actually, you know, helps you decipher the information. So let me show you how this works. I got an example for you guys. Because you can also have famous people in your dreams too. Now, now, if a famous person uh, was in your dream, it, there can be like, you know, how like um, we always say naturally, um, no pun intended, right? So there can be like a pun intended in a dream when a famous person is in it. For example, if Tom Cruise, let's say Tom Cruise dies in your dream, okay? Maybe the father is about to... You got to kind of get this. Maybe the father is trying to, he wants to take your life off of cruise control. And this is two ways the father could use, um, use this symbolically, the names of people, famous people in your dreams. You have Tom Cruise die in your dream. That could literally mean that the father wants to take your life off of cruise control. So you can see how he, his language, the father's language is just way more expressive, way different than the human and even just the English language. To be honest with you, I personally think that the English language is really at the lowest because it's, it's the least expressive language that, that we learn. It is all other languages are so much more expressive than ours. And so you have to keep that in mind when we're dealing with this. That he, 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 he talks in, in, in several different ways. He can talk in relation to a person's personality. He can talk to you in relation to a person's character. He can talk to you in relation to a person's name, what they represent, um, the industry that they build. It can be so many different things. Now, what is the call to action? This is the last part of this tonight and the last part of uh, this section. The call to action, your part. Now, a death in a dream can be traumatic, especially if someone close to our family, it's someone close to our family, like a family member. It's never a mistake. Remember this. It is never a mistake to pray for someone's protection and help in a dream like this. It's never a mistake. But we do know that dreams are symbolic. And if these dreams come from the father, he is communicating something that involves a non-physical death to us. But like I say, there is no harm in praying for somebody's protection and their help. But we have to know that it's something more deeper than that. So if the dream was about someone else, your call to action is to ask the father to reveal his purpose in number one, giving you the dream. Why you? It could have been anybody else. Why he give you that dream? Why did he show you that person dying? Because there's a reason. He's very strategic about what he does. He don't just give just stuff to just random people. The second question is, is, are you supposed to share the dream with the individual? Because sometimes you're not supposed to share the dream. Sometimes it's just a call for action for you to pray. 
A lot of times when I'm up here and I receive a prophetic word to give, I'm not giving like every single prophetic word. Some words I hold on to and I take back. Some words um, are inappropriate to say out front and I give them individually after service. So not everything that you dream is for you to open your mouth and to say as well. So you also got to be mindful of that. Um, you have, you may have been chosen to pray for that person during their difficult time in their life and for you not to broadcast it. They might be going through a, a difficult time in their life. The father has chosen you to pray for that person individually is not for you to broadcast. If the father showed you something in secret, keep it in the secret place. Unless he says reveal, reveal it to that person or to say something. So the thing about that is, can the father trust you enough to show you an area of immaturity or struggle in another person and you be mature enough to pray his will for that person without gossip or defiling your brothers and sisters or even an unbeliever? Are you even mature enough to handle a situation like that, to pray for a person? Because he might show you a lot of things. And it might be, you know, as, you know, the church get bigger and stuff, it might be a lot of people that's on the, you know, the, the ministerial staff. You know what I'm saying? It might be people in the audience. It might be people on your job. It might be prestigious people that he's sending you to to talk to. So can he, he show you those things and you be mature enough to actually deal with it in the right type of way? And then the last thing is if the dream is about you, the call to action, if the dream is about you, ask the father to clarify the specific thing he is allowing to die. Is it the issue? Is it your career path? Is it the season? You need to be asking him, okay, I seen that I died in this particular situation. This was the setting and this is what I was doing. So what are you telling me? What's coming to an end? What do I need to stop doing in this season? What do I need to start doing in this season? Because you got to remember, the father is a faithful vine keeper. He prunes away the parts of us that will not produce fruit. And that's part of his pruning process. The death is part of his pruning process. Okay. <laughs> well, all right. So that is actually the end of this, this lesson tonight. And like I say, I'll give you guys all of the resources and books and stuff like that towards the end. So you guys can go into more because, um, the resources that, um, I was reading, it does have a lot. It, it goes into horses and, and dogs and storms and alligators, spiders, um, vehicles. If, if it's raining in a dream, if you're changing clothes in the dream, um, if you're flying in a dream, it, it goes through, it goes in depth with all of that. So I'll give you all of those resources, um, towards the end. Now I am actually done with the lesson, but what I'm going to do is I told you I was going to give you guys kind of the, 
the kind of layout of what I'm going to do concerning after this, the Wednesdays after this, before we kind of segue into April for Pastor Kirby will be teaching in the month of April um, on Wednesdays. And so for these last Wednesdays, um, next Wednesday, uh, we will have prayer, but we'll have an hour of prayer because then I'll teach for an hour as well after prayer. And I'm doing that because, like I said, I only have two left, and I don't want to prolong it and come back in May and continue with this because I want to actually get into the other thing that he wants me to teach on, which is you have a right to see in the spirit. And kind of getting into, you know, um, how to activate your sight to see in the spirit that when, for instance, if you're ministering to people and um, how to activate that gift and to see the things that are attached to people um, and how to, you know, release them from that. Or if you see something in service, like, um, you know, how to deal with that, how to pray about that, how to communicate that. And like I said, some people haven't even had their eyesight activated. They don't even know it's part of their inheritance that to actually see in the spirit is part of your inheritance that, that that literally should be activated. Just like hearing is activated, you know, your sight needs to be activated, too. Um, but I got to prepare people for that because some of the stuff you may not want to see, <laughs> you know, because you can see demonic things as well as spiritual things. So that's something that you have to be prepared for. Because it can scare you uh, once that is activated and kind of how to handle that. But uh, when we, like I say, next Wednesday, I'll, we'll pray for an hour. I'll teach for an hour. And pretty much what I'll be teaching on, I decided, number one, I decided not to teach on the science of dreams. Um, this go around, I'll teach on it next year when I redo the, the dream series all over. I'll add that class to it. And I decided not to because it is a, a, a kind of a weighty teaching. It is very meaty. And it just goes into the science behind dreams and how science really confirms that and that dreams actually um, are real. And the evidence behind that and kind of lining science up with scripture so that you can see that actually it confirms it is, it doesn't fight against scripture when it comes to science. But the thing about it is a lot of times we ask natural people about spiritual things and they haven't been born again. And that's the problem because they can't see. So if you ask a spiritual person, that's actually that's that's actually their 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 training ground which is science and their saved person every person will tell you that it confirms that natural things confirm the spiritual things you know spiritual things confirm that natural things exist it's kind of backwards but i won't go into that and basically all of that entailed was you know going into the whole um sleep cycles um, going into um, different definitions and science terms um, such as, you know, uh, juxtaposition, what that actually means, having two different places um, and two different worlds, having, having a position naturally, but at the same time being seated in heavenly places. Like how can that even exist <laughs> just on a natural? How can you be a citizen here but be a citizen there too? How can you be a king here but have a position up there too? So it kind of goes into the science um, of that 
as well as, um, like I say, just heavy stuff, observer effect. Um, it's probably terms that you haven't even heard about before, but like I say, I'll do that the next go around. So what I'll be teaching on next Wednesday is actually preparing you for interpretation. Okay, what we will be going through is I'll begin to show you before you begin to interpret what's important. How we're going to actually start going into interpretation, the actual layout and the outline of, of how I interpret a dream. Now, the thing about it is that I've gotten to a place where um, I don't need to look at something like on a piece of paper or follow a certain step. I automatically know because I've been doing it for a long time, obviously. But before I began to do it for a long time, I had to like write it out. And, and, and kind of, um, there's, there's, there's a, there's a formula for everything. I'll just say that there's an art and there's a formula for everything that you do. And so I'll just be taking you through the formula that I go through when I receive a dream and how that looks. And so the last Wednesday of this month, I'm going to have everybody bring in some dreams that have not been, um, you know, broken down or interpreted and we're going to, it's going to be more like set up like a workshop, the last one. And we'll actually be going through some, I'll bring some of my own that I've done so you can see it done personally. And then I'll have everybody work on theirs. We'll work on others, people's dreams as well. And we'll actually break it down in real time. So you guys can actually see how it's done.